Yeah. And the other thing I went into this project with was like, um, you know, not to freak anyone out, but at the time I, I was at a mindset of like, does the Citizen K project continue? Then going into rooms with people who are really authentically embedded in this culture in Australia, whether it's like the surf rock scene, the heavy scene, and for me to come in and try and feel authentic around people who are so, so embedded in that scene, it's like, I really need to bring something to the table. So it feels like a lot of pressure, but it's equally rewarding. A breath is too, <sighs> a little too loud. You love your breaths. Your breaths are my songs. Yeah, exactly. Let me turn that down, you know? Victor Rufus on the guitar solo. Can't, can't give too much away. Yeah. Can't give too much. That's yeah. hot. Pay my taxes. <laughs> That's a flex. Pharrell. Yep. Cosmo, the greatest puppy ever. <laughs> Yeah. New place. Yep. Uh, that's been the last two years for me, Mary. It's a good place to be in, man. Oh, yeah. All yeah. Right. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the flats. Thank you for joining us mm, mm, mm. on this cold mm -hmm. day, our second winter for Canberra. Thank you again to our sponsors, as always, for supporting the flats. Capital Brewing, go get a beer if you're thirsty. And the legends are back. F1 mm -hmm. goats from Massive Flats are back, Kirk and Kay. Thank you for joining us again. Welcome. Gracias. Good to be here. Great to be back. Two-year anniversary, man. Yeah, yeah. How Feels about good? that? Yeah. Two yeah. years. It doesn't feel like two years. I oh, know. It doesn't at all. And just watching, uh, preparing a few clips for the promo, this looking back at that first step, it's come a long way here in the flats. But, but at the same time, it seems like no time at all. But it's great to have you guys back in and catch up. We'll make this an annual thing, I reckon. I say 100%, so. 100%. Yeah. I like that. Just off the bat, the uh, the relaxed nature of you compared to two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's very noticeable right now. It's tried and proven now. The shoulders are relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Very, uh, very well versed in this now. Got got the studio dialed a bit better probably and mm, yeah. look, looking and sounding better. So Saying intros yeah. while the fingers are moving, the hands are going. <laughs> He's like an artist thing. now. Look at this guy, huh? Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun over the last two years and you guys have been uh, big supporters of it. So thank you as always. And uh, yeah, keen to catch up with you guys and see what's going on. For okay. sure. What is going on? All good things, man. All great things. A lot of yeah. things. I mean, um, since since two years ago, like plenty. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, it feels pretty fast at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like the same... The, a lot of the same, and then at the same time, a lot of not the same. Mm. Um, I mean, Kirk and I know each other pretty well. We we talk pretty regularly. But for me, it's been um, a lot of adulting the last two years. Yeah. We're talking yeah. Handy K. We're yeah, talking yeah. Bunnings K. Yeah, yeah, We're talking man. Dog Owner K. Fill us in, dude. So, you know, I'm at Bunnings every weekend now. <laughs> walking around my puffy, buying tools. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty good with the chainsaw I found out last weekend too. That's really worrying. No, it was great. I've been okay. killing it. It's been, it's been chopping down trees. You're just using it for your hedges, but really gangster right. or like trees. Trees are all gone. Okay. Like, <laughs> start off as a casual, casual hedge trim, ended up with trees like everywhere. Yeah, is the house intact? Is that house is still intact? Great, great. Um, yeah, so it's been a crazy two years of, I guess, going from like what I would call uh, over the top entre entrepreneur mode of like. 
was just talking to Nick about this, just just working a lot. Um, out of like necessity in terms of there's, there's, there was nothing else, I was very tunnel visioned um, in terms of like running the studio and, and just, yeah, fulfilling myself creatively. I, I think I found the studio has been really kind of like filling my cup mm. for the last few years and it's weird having something else. Um, yeah, you know, trying to, trying, to, trying to enjoy my weekends, I was just saying. Not working ridiculous hours, not working 7 a.m. to, to 11 p.m. midnight anymore. Yeah. Seven days a week. You'd be surprised how uh, <laughs> how relaxed you are when you uh, take a couple of days off and yep. how much more efficient you are. Yeah. Seems so like, yeah, it seems so obvious, but mm. I, I think I think you forget that sometimes. It's all work, man. Yeah. It's all work for balance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's an interesting... I think we've, we've had this conversation a few times. Um, as you know, I'm a big subscriber of like Rick Rubin. The man's whole energy is like, I just do what I want to do. And it pans out. And it pans out. He's like, I don't yeah. make goals. I don't make plans. Yeah. The Joe Rogan interview talking about how he never had any idea that his hobby could become an actual career. He just did things he liked. But that the, the energy where that comes from creatively, I think, is like a really valuable lesson for practicing creativity. Because yep. it comes from a place of like when LL Cool J was like, let me clear my throat. And that became a running joke. And they're all making jokes in the studio that th those six people found funny happened to resonate with a mass audience, but they weren't yep. trying to appease that kind of an audience in the creation of it. It's just super affirming for like the process, everything he says and does. 100%. And man. the quotes that you share every time they go up. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, I don't know. So something about... I back it. I back yeah, it. Yeah. The, the people that are, for me, the, the blueprint is, is Pharrell and Rick Rubin. Yeah. Um, they have got the blueprint for everything I want to be doing. For energy in general, dude. Exactly. Yeah. It's, just, it's just everything's about intention. Everything's about, um, you know, community. Everything's about doing things for the right reason. Um. I mean, Rick's thing he talked about in that interview as well was like, in a way, he's just he's just a selfish fan. That's all it is. He he kind of sees something and goes, "Man, I, I miss when like I miss when I went to like the clubs and the hip hop was like this, and the records weren't like that. Yeah. So I just made the records. I was like the clubs, you know. I think. Have you watched the whole interview? Like half of it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I mentioned to you. He talks about like uh, pro wrestling. Mm. He like invested in his own pro wrestling company because pro wrestling became like too much for the kids. Like, who, who does that? <laughs> right? Man, he does what he wants, bro. Exactly. Yeah. But for him, it's like just being a selfish fan. Um, <laughs> I think I've always like had had that without consciously knowing I've had that. But yeah. after hearing Rick talk about it, I think I know that that's, that's what I resonate with a lot of just like, mm. what do I want to be around? Um, yeah. What kind of, what kind of, what kind of music, what kind of projects do I want to actually kind of like contribute to? Um, that fuels that drive and fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can tell he's deeply fulfilled from the work he does. Oh, bro. The dude is wild. Yeah. The dude is so wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, nutshell, Rick Rubin, Pharrell, yep. Cosmo, the greatest puppy ever. <laughs> yeah. New place. Yep. Uh, that's been the last two years for me, Mary. It's a good place to be in, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About you, man? Bro, th yeah, dude, things are things are good, man. We we were here two years ago. Um, I feel like that was that year was the start of like a, a beautiful journey of, of learning for me. I think we kind of crossed that, that trajectory at the same time, but things just started to teach me a lot um, about, I guess with the pandemic being, being more like a backdrop, I don't think it was the reason for it, but it was more the energy that brought of slowing things down and having a bit more time, spending more time in my process. What you said earlier about finding balance and spending more time just like switching off or with people and not everything being about work so much. That was kind of the journey for me. And then, 
dude, honestly, in a nutshell, like finding my sound, that's, that's been where I've been at, at least in my creative path. Um, and it's been a very organic, natural thing, putting out the EP in 2020, he hearing and seeing reactions to that work and, and then diving into influences that I hadn't properly acknowledged before. Like I'm a fan of a lot of shit, but, but knowing now that like punk and rock is as big of an influence for me as hip hop, which I know it is for you too, man. I know mm -hmm. you were deep into Rage and Chili Peppers early on. Yes, sir. Um, I kind of just had overlooked that. Like I listened to it, you know, here and there, but I'd overlooked how much it meant to me energy wise and how much it means in the live shows now. So just like something across this, this perfect fusion of everything that I love and starting to express that has brought me to like a really good place of confidence in the art and where I'm at. And yeah, like I said, I think the beginning of me finding my sound as an artist. So I'm just like along for that ride and seeing where it leads. Dude. And, uh, you know, to say it's been nice, nice kind of like being alongside that journey as well. For sure. Seeing the progression. Yeah. Um, yeah. The tracks are wild. The tracks are wild, bro. And it's, it, it's taught me, especially with other side dropping, that's been a big test for me because when I made that song a year, a year ago, for those of, of the people who don't know watching, I, I sat on that song for two years. So I made it with Taka. We made another when we first connected at the end of 2020 and we came back a week later and made other side. And I sat on the song for a whole year because I was like, this, this has the potential to be as big as like Gorilla Radio. This, this shit is dope, but it's not there yet. And I have to find the right person to bring that out of it. And then I thankfully got in touch with Callan Orr, the guy who, who engineered this track, mm -hmm. basically reproduced the whole song. Yeah. Caught me really off guard because I was like, he'll tweak some things, balance some levels and hi-hats and snares and stuff. He sent me back the, the guitars retracked, the drums reprogrammed, the whole mix redone. And I, I remember I had my monitors next to my head listening to this going like, dude, no one is going to be able to touch this. This shit is phenomenal. Um, so that was a year ago. And then with the song coming out again, now I had this really, really interesting week, the week of release, where I was like nervous and spacey and lethargic and like, am I stressed? Am I demotivated? Like what's going on? And it was because this, this big piece of art that I've sat on for a long time was starting to become public. Mm. And I had this really weird integration with, with my understanding of the song because the day before it came out, I was sitting down eating lunch and I was like, oh shit, this is actually the song. Like this is the song that's gonna change everything. I don't know how or when, but this song is gonna tick. It's gonna go haywire. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just along for the journey to do whatever I can in service of it. And it's a really different thing for me to like, to express belief in something that's not me. Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting here going like, I'm the shit and I'm gonna be enormous. I'm saying this thing that I had a hand, I happen to have a hand in creating is gonna go haywire. And it's been a two year relationship built up to understand what that thing is. Yeah. So it's a really interesting thing for me to observe and be a part of, man, because the belief is so external to me and myself that it's like strangely affirming. Mm -hmm. So I'm just excited about all that, really. It's funny, like the throwback to two years ago, we had a conversation about uh, the fine line between ego and confidence. Right. And there's like, there's this confidence that's been emanating from you since these songs have started coming out. Like, obviously there's been a confidence before they came out. Uh, just because we kind of like in we the were in the shadows, exactly up. <laughs> <Yeah>. right. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a real testament. Once I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, once a song is released, it's no longer really my song. Um, it's like my my little baby. It's my thing mm. that's super exciting until the this, minute it's public. Right, it has yeah. all this potential, and it could yeah. be all these yeah. things. As soon as it's out, it's all out of my hands, right? Yeah. So it's like for a track to come out, and then you still feel the same way, even more excited. Right. It means something. Yeah. And it's very genuine because I usually get, to be honest, man, I get super down when I release stuff. Because mm. like you just said, I've been, I've been able to until that point say how good this thing is as much as I want to anybody. Yep. The second it's live and it's measurable, I can't say how good this thing is anymore. Yeah. But I still can with this particular thing for different reasons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty of it, man. Like we've been through, 
a lot of similar things the last couple of years as well. You know, for, for me, Citizen K kind of took a backseat for a long time. Um, but it's been a similar thing with like, especially the last, uh, last track uh, we released, No Peace, was a similar thing of like, I sat on that track for- Dope a, track. Yeah, for like a year as well. Yeah. But for me, I think it's come down to uh, Citizen K is purely an expression of the music that I want to hear. Um, and you're selective when you do that now. You're not yeah, just making music yeah. all the time. I don't have my team feel about it, but I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I haven't, I should say, you know, that, that'll change for the next project that comes out. But like, I haven't, I haven't been too attached with what happens after it goes out now. For so, me, it's like, I've created this thing and, and I've been given the opportunity to create this thing. Um, now I get to put it out there and then move on to the next thing. Mm. Um, do you not feel pressure when you release? No. For it to go well? No. Okay. That, I haven't had that for a few years now. Mm. Since um, since the track I released with, with Kofi, with Genesis Funny Business, yeah. that was another one. That was like, it was a funky beat. We liked the bass line. Kofi heard it and he's like, yep, I'll jump on that. Mm. And we made it. We, we like, we are just bopping to it. It Video just was good, dope. right? Keyboard Kirk up for an Oscar next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. You know, man? You know like, all yeah. over it. Um, <laughs> Domino's released that as well. That was the same thing. That, the whole funk style is like second nature to me. So yeah. it's just what, what makes me feel good and, mm. you know, Talking about this as well while mm. while we're here, Trent. Oh man, on the animation for this. Yeah, like Trent is the man. most understated, talented, creative. I love him. He's dope. Because you like you'll yeah. bring him some wild idea and he'll be like, I don't think I can do that, but yeah, let's do it, mm -hmm. and then just work it out. And this is amazing proof of that. Phenomenal. It's so dope. For for those who don't know, this was his first time like <laughs> making a, like a, a video clip. Like yeah. like he'd done short clips before for us before. Um, Nick was even just saying before about like the because like, you hit him up to do some stuff. Yeah. Well, K Kirk, he did design for Kirk. Yeah, originally. And, and then I was like, oh, can you do some animation for for your vid? Yeah. And then he just run with that and absolutely killed this video. It's what I remember he like... For a first time for animator. Bro. Like, stupid. Wild. Like, I remember him coming in. I showed him um, some music I'd been working on. There's, there's, there's a record that's been in the works and I showed it to him kind of like top to bottom and kind of explained to him the, the concept, showed him no peace and no peace is, is really the larger concept of the album in a nutshell. Um, a glimpse into what's coming conceptually, not sonically, just to let you know. Sure. Um, but Trent kind of heard it and I, I gave him very little information of what I wanted visually. Nick knows from working with me, I'm not a visual person. I, mm. I kind of, my work is in the sonics, my work is in the music and I, I put my trust in the people that I, I know their work and I love their work and I love their vision. And I kind of like hand it over to them to do their thing. Um, that's every clip we've done with Nick. It's it's all been his vision and, and his execution. Which is incredibly trusting. Yeah, but also I just recognize that like They're good Nick knows his shit. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. I I love I love what he's done. I love the work he's he's put out before mm. and um, you know, I love the dude. So it's like <laughs> totally. Yeah, you know, I, I don't feel a need to impede on that too much and yeah, it was the same for Trent. I kind of like told him, showed him the songs and I was like, that's as far as I've gotten. Uh, do your thing, bro. And he nailed it. For There's so many subtle things happening in these in this video. I'm going to go into it. So, for Please. example, there's a shot near the start where the main character is looking out this window um, and he sees a comet coming through. I never told Trent this, but two years ago, I literally had a dream about that exact shot. I don't know what context it was in, never mentioned to Trent, but when he sent me the first cut, if you go forward just a little bit, 
Yeah, I sent him the, he sent me the first cut and I just like, I lost my shit. I didn't want to like sound like I'd lost the plot. So I, never, <laughs> I never told him. <laughs> I never told him anything about it. But like, yeah, it's about to come up here. I saw this shot and it was an exact like this. It was scene for scene, this dream I had. And I was just like, this is meant to be. This is meant to be. The fact that I never brought it up to him and he was able to just like articulate it through the song. I don't know if I was able to just like put the energy through the song or something. Yeah. But like, but it's a sign, right? That he's the right guy. It's on track. It was just, yeah, it was just meant to be. And mm. the fact that he just murked this clip that well, mm. um, once again for his first time. Mm. And the crazy part is like a week after he's dropped this, he's just like, man, I've gotten so much better already. And he's like dropping these little clips. I'm like, dude, how are you so good so fast? Like, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. Talented dude. Talented dude, man. What does that song and concept mean? To you, what are you expressing to it? Uh, mostly that I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great answer. There, like, there's been. And we're right, <laughs> I've been so comforted by the fact that I don't know anything. It's like it's been so nice. Mm. There is something about letting go of like trying to unpack everything. Yeah, and just like knowing what I know. And knowing that it really isn't anything, and then even what I know is probably wrong anyway. Yeah, I don't know. There's something liberating about that. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that's what the song is. The song mm. is about this character who's just like completely let go. It's it's based off like aspects of of me for sure, but just like general aspects of conversations I've had and, and people I know, and it's a bit of an, like amalgamation of of a lot of conversations and people. But this character just being like, man, what if? You know, what what happens after this? Yeah. What happens after all, all of this that we see now? And the fact that they're faceless means it could be anybody, which I really like. And that's well. the, that was the whole point of like, yeah, yeah th this character is just like completely believes that time is irrelevant, completely believes that um, he doesn't know anything or, mm. or they don't know anything. And yeah, that's what that clip is. So for those who haven't worked it out, if you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, go watch it and I'm about to ruin it for you. Um, but the whole thing is like a loop. It's just this continuous loop. What if we are just in this continuous loop that just like keeps going, which <clears throat> for most people that can be a morbid conversation. But for me, that, that thought process and that rabbit hole of thought was like super liberating of just like, Oh, we can actually do whatever we want when we want. Yeah. Um, for the right intentions. I think, I think consequences still exist. Don't mm. get me wrong. Like don't be going out there like, you know, testing the universe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just liberating to know that, yeah, I don't know shit. Mm. It's nice. Mm. And I think it's liberating to explore it through a character. I know Kofi's talked a lot about this as well, but the idea of creating a character and making music through that character. Mm. You've done it with this character. I'm doing it with the stained version of myself and mm -hmm. the pure version of myself. It, it yeah, it makes it more objective, I feel like, if, if you're yes. creating through something. Yes. Um, it could be anybody, which is like, yeah, universal, hopefully, or more, more accessible even. Yeah, exactly. I, I think for me, psychologically as well, like by creating through a character, it allows me to actually not overthink things. Yeah. Um, because then I can always make the thing of like, well, it's not me. Like, and you're I'm, less afraid of judgment, right? Yeah, exactly. You're not going, right? oh, what are people going to think if I say this about me? You're like, it's yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, once again, there's less of that now. Yeah. For yeah. Me, <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> I say whatever now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's something nice about about being able to create through that character and whatever character we you know, we want to create through as, as people who make music and, and yeah. you know, put our art out in the world. Mm. Um, Cause at the end of the day, the way I see it as well is like this character is still a part of my beliefs and who I am. 
It's made think, by you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of creators can, at least when they begin to to the middle part, can kind of get into this rabbit hole or, or narrow hallway of this is my style. This is, you know, you know what I'm trying to like, like for me personally, um, Citizen K got into this this narrow hallway of being like the funky, funky up yeah. tempo. Yeah. Right. That was like to a point where I felt like I couldn't make anything outside of that, which is stupid. It's crazy. Like, that's so stupid. Yeah. Um, but for real, like, I got to a point, I was making all the No Peace and all these other types of songs that I loved and they were so, like, they were exciting for me, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I never felt like I could release them because they didn't fit the Citizen K mold. Um, Where does the album sign to this, if I can ask you about the album? <laughs> The At album, what point in the journey? Is that when you start to go just what fulfills me and nothing else? Is that the start of that, really? 100%. Yeah, dope. The album was... This is the unreleased album, to clarify for everybody. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, so there's, there's, there's an unreleased project, um, which was essentially an experiment. Uh, so dope. Yeah, we did, a, a lot of bands do this, of like, you know, get in, just jam and see what comes out. I decided to do that with... It was about between 15 and 18 of us. Uh, in a room together for two weeks and I gave no real direction. I just I just got some incredible like improv jazz musicians, um, a couple like great like psychedelic dudes, um, like, you know, psych rock. Um, yeah, like people of like very, very like varying genres, but mostly the improv jazz or something like improv jazz and jazz in general. Yeah. Um, that was really speaking to me at the time. And so I was like, what happens if I just put all these people in a room and we hit record for two weeks? It, yeah. yeah. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was wild. Like day one. K project. Oh, bro. Yeah. This, this record, I can't even call it like a K project. It, mm. it feels so much bigger than me and it is so much bigger than me. I, I honestly played a part in this. I, I can... I can look at the the finished product and say I only played a part in this, which is fucking amazing. Mm. Would you like, say you facilitated the overall thing? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. Still, still facilitated, and and you know, if I'm looking at it practically, I'll, you know, I was still like the conductor of everything, but also the conductor in a sense of I just sat there and people read my body language. Um, so you know, the way people would play and what chords they would hit, the grooves was all based off. Just my body language. And I was trying to be cool. I was trying to be the nice guy about everything everyone played. Mm. But you can see when someone's feeling something. Yeah. Um, and you can see when someone's not feeling something. Mm. And, and that energy really portrayed through the room. Like it mm. it echoed through the room like like crazy. And so yeah, we did these two weeks of these sessions and I went in with one idea of what this what this project could be, but also you know, in one hand I have what what this could be. In the other hand, I have you don't know shit and anything could happen. Um, so I was like, it'd be cool if we, if we came out with this, but also if we spend all this time, money, effort, uh, energy, and we get one okay idea, that'd be dope. It's a great lesson to set that expectation before going into something of that magnitude for, yes. for any creative, I think. Yeah. So I, don't, important. I, I think it'd be really hard for me to go back and then do the same process again, because yeah. now I have expectations from what we came out with. Yeah. Do you think expectations are negative? Because I, I always go into every session I'm in with, I'm going to make the sickest thing I've made ever to date today. True. Do, I do not. Yeah, right. At all. Yeah, yeah. It's not like an anxious pressure or anything, but it's like, no, I'm here to like deliver the best I can deliver, better than I've ever done before. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I used I to put, have that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I used to have that a lot. Um, these sessions though, I think played a, played a big part in yeah. me not having that anymore. Right. Because every idea that I That's an internal energy, by the way. That's not yes. a, That's not an, I'm vocally like that. I'm yeah, more of course. My, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean as well. Like internally, that was what's happening. But after these sure. sessions, the product that came out of it is just so much better than anything I could have ever thought of myself. Anything I could have. And I was, I was making stuff up to this, you know, in, in anticipation of making a project. I was, you know, working on stuff, working with people, yeah. doing what I normally do, like one-on-one sessions, me mm. and someone else. Um, me and my own, like in the in a dark room for hours on hours. Yeah, you know, playing playing weird sounds and instruments. <laughs> you had you had some of the demos we got going on, but like, yeah, I, I don't but know. That's the essence of collaboration. That's that it couldn't have gotten there without that scope of collaboration. That you oh facilitated. no way! That's no the way. best part. And yeah, so th- so this project, yeah, it was two weeks of that. Um, this was a year ago now, and and it was a year of me editing and arranging. So to give some context, like a normal jam would go for anywhere between 20 minutes and an hour and a half. And then I've now got to condense that into like a three minute song. Yeah. Well, same process for Kofi, right? With Smiling With No Teeth. It was yeah. like, what, 11 hours of audio and he would yeah, select yeah. ideas out of that. Yeah. yeah. We like the, the amount of content we had. The, the hardest thing for me was like, so the last song in the album is is this like really long, it's, it's like 10 minutes long. And that came stripped down from an hour and a half to like a 90-minute jam. Yeah. And the hardest thing about that was like just about every point of this jam you could see potential in and there was like something amazing happening. Mm. And having to make a decision of of what gets to stay and what needs to go yeah. was really difficult because ego started coming in, the brain started coming in. Surely you've parked those ideas that didn't make it somewhere. Yeah, they're still yeah. still there. But how did yeah, you yeah. make that call between ones that were like definite and ones that weren't? What felt good? Just gut, right? What felt yeah. good? I would both of them felt felt good, but I'd A B them and I'll just I'll I just try not to think. I'll just play one and play the other. I'm going, yeah. that one felt good. Yeah. Done. Move on. Yeah. I would honestly like you know. So you set it. a time limit as well? Not consciously, not, but I was yeah. just yeah, it was it was almost instantaneous. I'm yeah. just like and, and then what I'll do for myself as well is <laughs> the idea that didn't make it. Instead of like usually what I do is I put it to the side just in case I want it later delete, on. Delete, delete. <laughs> like there's versions of it all say, but in the version, the project version that I had, sure. it was not on the screen. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. I yeah. want to look back at it. I've made a decision and I'm Wild. sticking to it. So how long was that selection process? That took a year. That took a year. Yeah. Shit. That arrangement process from those two weeks to, to get to the final like arrangements took took a year. Yep. And um, then how long for you mixing you've done yourself? How long did that take? So myself, total? yeah, Ben Ben Garden and myself, um, with additions from Keo from Darling Street as well, um, Lewis Montgomery. Like it, it's been a collaborative effort, man. I, I don't think there's much of this that I can try and claim as myself. It's all been everyone involved. Um, so dope. Yeah, it's been hectic, bro. It's yeah, been hectic, and yeah, it's just taught me so much, man. Well, I think the the minimizing thinking is the biggest thing you just said. Yep. Yeah. And I think not not allowing room for that thinking to operate is part of it. And it, with my process, at least, I try and like just maintain like a childlike energy. Mm-hmm. And be like, like you said, does this feel good? Does this excite me? Is this dope? Is this not? And just like be very fluid, but very efficient in, in finding something that gets you like jumping around your room at three in the morning is like yes. the goal for me. Yes. That's, you know, there's an unreleased Kirk song that is one of my favorite things you've ever done. Okay. Yes. Yeah, dope. Um, 
and in a lot of ways it reminds me of a track we've got on, on this record as well. Mm. It's just so fucking weird, right? Yeah. Both yeah. your one yeah. and the one that I love. Yeah. And for me, the one that I love, I, I put it on the record to start with because yeah. I was like, this is fucking sick, yeah. right? And the more I listened to it, I didn't like it less, but I started thinking more of like, is this a bit too out there? Is this coherent? Yeah. Right? And I went through a little period where that was like the thought process. Mm. And I had to kind of like catch myself again mm. and be like, no, no, no. It's here for a purpose. Do not filter yourself. Yeah. And the other thing I went into this project with was like, um, you know, not to freak anyone out, but at the time I, I was at a mindset of like, does the Citizen K project continue? Um, I've been loving the studio stuff. Working as an engineer, working as a producer, working especially like a, a vocal producer and engineer. I love that. Yeah. I love, loved that. Like, I can't express to you how much I get, how much joy I get out of working on these projects and working to the studio. So to the point where I was like, should that be my only focus? And sh at that point, Citizen K had been parked already, really. Um, so I was like, you know, we just let that do its thing. And so going into this project, that's where the expectations got taken away mm. because in my mind, I was like, this very well, and it still could be, I don't know. I honestly don't know. This could be the last thing we hear from Citizen K Project. It could not be. I, I honestly don't know. Got the official exclusive last star Citizen <laughs> K album ever. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Yeah. But, what but you're I, still creating across different avenues exactly. and you're still finding fulfillment. Yes. You can dance between them as much as you like, but you're yeah. fulfilled. That's the most important thing, right? Yeah. But what I learned from from that thought process was like, you cared a bit is, less or like, I cared less, but cared more. So I went, if this is the last thing that ever comes out as Citizen K, I want it to be completely unfiltered. I want it to, I want to put no restraints on myself. Mm. I want to put no pressure on myself. I don't want to think about what single's going to pop. I don't yeah. want to think about what arrangement makes the most sense. Yeah. If this is the last thing that ever comes out, if like... If that's your legacy and you're remembered as right? that thing. If God forbids this thing drops and I'm out the next day, like, I want it to be a pro. It's a dope way of looking at it, man. I, I want it to be like, yeah. oh shit, he went out like that. That's what this record is for me. Sick. Yeah. Wow. So do we have a, a date and a title for this project? I will give you neither of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's try, there's an try. incredible team working working with me to um, sort all this stuff out. There's a lot happening. Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot more to come. Yeah, yeah. One question I had on that, and it kind of plays into the side of that you went in with this team aspect. Um, I wanted to ask about two things. The that stand out in my mind recently was the Hands Like Houses gig in uh, UC where you came so up dope. and did a cover. Mm -hmm. And then also just before COVID, your track with uh, the Billman band. Mm -hmm. And would you ever consider those two songs, like the Billman track, the most underrated song going around Canberra? Amen. Go check it out. Um, and they're just starting a new reformed band. Mm -hmm. Black Tide. Black Tide. So also go check that out. And then the Hands Like Houses track just 
destroyed that night show, I reckon. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Would would you ever consider move like if you were to theoretically get rid of the Citizen K aspect after this album, do a new, completely new project that's sort of a band where you're the front man of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has that come into your mind? Absolutely. I think to answer to yeah, to answer both those questions, like first of all, that show in particular was around the time of like this this mind change of what makes me feel good? What makes me happy? When am I the most free? And there's a lot of answers to it, but one that kept coming back was like when I'm just not concerned about the pressure of like fucking up, the pressure of like is this good enough? That's when the best shit comes out from me. Yeah. And that show was, I think, honestly, was a great representation of that for me personally. I hadn't felt that free on a stage for a long time, for a very, very long time. It was, it was incredibly liberating. And I, I left that venue so happy. Like I was smiling for like a week straight because I, I knew I'd given everything I possibly could into that show. But I also knew that I was completely myself the whole show. There was no thought process of like before it'd been a Citizen K switch of this is what people expect from Citizen K. Let's let's hit that switch. Mm. I didn't feel like that at all in that show. Mm. Um, and then to come back to like the Billman thing in that cover specifically, I love heavy guitars. Like like you mentioned before, Bro. like what got me in was Chili Peppers and Rage Against the Machine. Mm. I love, mm. love some heavy guitars, mm. right? Mm. So what this album's like... I'm hesitant to even just call it this, what this project has done, not this album, what this project has done, this one with uh, all the musicians and, and, you know, it feeling free and liberating. What it's allowed me to realize is, oh, like I, I can do whatever I want to do as K or Citizen K, whatever front, whatever some name, new name, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, like, I mean, to, to kind of give some context to this record, it's essentially like a psychedelic jazz record. Like it... Bet. Yeah, like when when the team heard it, they they loved it so much that they found it hard to to hear. Here's the Citizen K we know and we've yeah. worked with. Yeah. And then there's this, like to the point where they wanted to release it under a different name. Not having a reference point for anything you've done before exactly. is so ex- or for anything in music is very exciting. Yeah. Zero reference point, but at the same time, I, I think I strongly believe when people finally hear this, if you look through my discography, you will see how I got here. Yeah, me too. Um Yeah. So so for me, like, yeah, Citizen K is now not necessarily going to be like this is the last project, but I think it's going to be more of like I would love to collaborate with with other bands or groups of musicians. Mm. Um, and like you said, whether it's with the Citizen K name or not, yeah, that yeah. Or, or would you do a band like your own Fuck band? Yeah, yeah, because that'd Fuck be yeah. insanely cool to see. Yeah, I don't know if it like I'd call it my own band if if mm. the right group of people no, came yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a new thing. Yeah. yeah. The right group of people came out. I think there's also less pressure with that for me personally. Like mm. I got this from, um, like I had <laughs> there was a group called the Lost Boys, which was your cousin Shaka J, and In the man the chat right now, mm-hmm, the man Jimmy Pike, who, who yeah. made the theme music for Mustard. Yep. Uh, the three of us were in a group called Lost Boys, and there was something about having like other members who all equally contribute 
sure. to to uh, you know a project. There's this freedom that comes with it, mm. and this like sense of we're just a bunch of friends having fun. That's where the best shit comes from. That's right? the rick energy we talked about. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing was when Kofi and I were doing the Answer Brothers stuff. Mm. Answer Brothers was always so free. That hands like houses show was how every Answer Brothers show was for us. Mm. We we like when we were doing the Answer Brothers stuff, we kind of made a conscious decision that we weren't going to try and get any management. We're going to we're not trying to pursue this as a career. We both, Kofi had Genesis at the time. I had Citizen K at the time. Those are our things that we're pursuing career-wise. Mm. Answer Brothers is purely for us, you know, for me to practice making some beats and for us to spit some rhymes and then to maybe do some shows. And the show slapped. Go figure. But Man. that's why. And that's what I've only just figured out now. They slapped because we didn't care. We mm. just wanted to make our best shit and have fun doing it. Yeah. Sounds like some Rick Rubin shit right there. It's so simple, Nick. Yeah. It's but, so it, but, simple. but it's hard, bro. It's hard when you're an artist to like, like emerging as well to yes. not try and make things to get you to a certain point when you're trying to be successful. Mm -hmm. That shit's really hard to like navigate. Yes. So it's easy, but it's hard. Yeah. It's like if you just went off guard and you think they're not overthinking and not playing in expectations of industry or other people or whatever it looks like, it'd be easy, but it's hard as hell. Yeah. I think there has to be a, a sense of stubbornness to it. Yeah. Um, Kofi, once again, being a great example of that. Mm. He, the music he's making now isn't really all that different to what he was making when he was 14. The, Very in true. terms of, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really not that different. Yeah, good. It's that now there's, there's a team around it that helps amplify it mm. and more people have had more time to understand it. The times have changed also. Absolutely. Which contribute to it. Yeah. Um, the music that was doing well in Australia six, seven years ago yeah. is not the same music doing well now. He represents and a total changing of the exactly. tide, man. I first noticed it with yeah. Dominic Fike when he first started popping into mainstream and I, I realized that you could tap into all these influences of like whatever, indie rock and rap. He's primarily a rapper as well. He was releasing trap rap a year before he did Three Nights. Like that was the first turning point where I was like, all right, you can be like tapping into different genres at the same time and it can be authentic. Yeah. And then Kofi for me was that in Australia. Yeah. Like being at the Aria, seeing all that, the Aria party, sorry, and seeing all that happening. Yeah, that was just like, music is changing. This is a turning of the tide and you can make the weirdest, most ineffable shit. If it's authentic to you, Yes. it will resonate as long as that authenticity exists. Yep. And that everything we're talking about, like Kofi being a great example and and I've been like kind of studying him in that sense the last few years. Me too. Of in, in terms of like what what has clicked um, about what Genesis is doing right now, and what has clicked is that nothing's changed. He's he's so focused on just making the best shit he can make, and that's all he's been doing from the start. Yeah, you know, I remember him trying to like get his shit played on Triple J, and they didn't quite get it. Richard Kingsmill, shout out. He he fought for for Kofi to get played. He fought for me to get played on days. Mm. You know, like people just didn't get it. Mm. And the funny thing is, now everyone's on it. Everyone's mm. like, yo, this is the benchmark now. But he was doing this shit when he's 14. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just that he's been so stubborn in terms of like, here is what I love and here is what I want to make. And yeah. I'm going to continue to make that. Yeah. Until the, until the industry catches up with me. Right? That's what I'm now figuring out to this record. He figured that shit out early. He figured bro. that shit out <laughs> early. Yeah, yeah early mm. right and letting go of expectation of like yes you still you know we still want to be success successful in what we do of course yeah right yeah we, we don't want to be broke come on right but at the same time is that worth compromising who you are as a creative and as an artist i don't think so yeah right i i 
really don't think so, but it's taken me a long time to fully understand the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. Me too, man. Yeah. I've learned that through him and through you as well. Yeah. For me, it's come through that project and through collaboration in general. Um, and just letting the pressure off, letting my shoulders relax. Like Nick's been doing mm. an after two, right? <laughs> Look at the relaxed nature of this guy. He's smoking a cigar right now. You can't see him, but he's, he's kicking back. <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned that shoulder thing because I've just been to a physio for the last two months and uh, she's like, "Just, I just want to, you know, see what's going on here. And she's just like, just relax. I'm like, yeah, I am. And she's like, no, relax. I'm like, what? I'm trying. And then, and then she's like, no, you look at your shoulders. You're like this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I was like all tensed up. Right. And that's the only thing really she's take, said to take away. Like just every now and then, like think about your shoulders and relax. And, and it's fully so like, recheck. it's gone all through my, mm-hmm. my back. And the issue that I went to her for, which was my back. And yeah. it's wild, yeah. Just right. that little thing, like you don't realize that you're a little tensed up sometimes. Holding all this tension, man, yeah. For, yeah. for multiple reasons. For yeah. relax now. Yeah, right. Yeah. I had a similar thing, not going to, I think I just heard it, someone talking about it. I'm just like, you know, mid podcast or something. And uh, it must've been like a health podcast or something I was listening to. And the guy, yeah, said something similar. He's just like, you know, for whoever's listening now, just be conscious of, of how tense your shoulders are right mm. now. And I remember I went through this thing, I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? And I did the same thing. I was like, oh, oh, my shoulders right here. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Mm. It's weird. Yeah, same thing with like breath, conscious of breath, just every once in a while. Just like yep. take a deeper breath. Yep. Right? Just, just really, really suck in that air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just every once in a while when you remember. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, yeah, you know, don't, don't get too much, you know, mad with yourself when you forget. Yeah. So mm. you remember. Yeah, because mm. if you, then you start panicking exactly. about it and it gets worse. But mm-hmm. she, that's what she said. Don't try too much, but. Yeah, just notice it. Yeah, there's a funny thing like there's a fine line between not trying and and like putting in effort. Or just observing with the breath, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, observing with the breath is a huge one. Is a huge one. Mm. I will say I've slacked the last few months in doing that. But, mm. I'm, you know, I'm reminding myself again. Are you meditating at the moment? I'm not. I haven't been for a long time. Mm. Um, that's another thing that's actually changed a little bit for me. I was like, I, I go into heavy meditation rotation. Oh, you were you were OG. Yeah, I was yeah. getting into. Like, <laughs> I was doing like seeing white light doing three hours sits. Yeah, it was, bro. It was yeah, wild, yeah. Bro. But yeah, I had like my longest, most fruitful meditation session was like a three hour thing. That's wild. Where I just sat there and when I opened my eyes, I I honestly felt like it'd been fifteen minutes. And I looked at the time, and I was like, I thought my phone had fucked out. Mm. Um, yeah, it it was it was it was liberating, you know. Um, now my, my thought process at the time, it was, it was a daily thing. Um, I heard something a couple months ago that was a, a guy was talking about meditation and he said, he looks at it as a medicine, not a diet. So when do you know how to treat yourself though? That's, that's where you have to have some awareness of, right. of where you're at. Um, cause you can't just do it when shit gets bad. That's not how it exactly, works. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's a fine line to know when you're starting to get too stressed and, right. and when to when to kind of put it into um, put it into action. Yeah. Um, but that just that sentence in itself really changed how I looked at it because mm. at a certain point it started becoming a bit of a chore for me. I was like, I didn't necessarily feel like I needed to, but I was like, consistency, consistency, consistency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just hearing it's it's a medicine, not a diet. Like, 
Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I got into that place maybe mm, three months ago. I remember telling you about it at the time, but I just took the pressure off myself a bit. Yes. I stopped meditating. I set up super late. Um, I was making heaps of music. I was creating on a different level, sleeping until like 11 a.m. And I was like, so happy. Like there was no complacency. I wasn't working out at all and I wasn't meditating at all. So I was like, I'm not in great shape. But aside from that, I was, I was so blissfully fulfilled, <laughs> eating more chocolate. Bro, things were great. Yep. And this, this, this beautiful creative wave continued from it where I was like, when is this going to end? Mm -hmm. Then a full moon happened. I wrote a hit song and this is like two months in and it just hasn't really stopped. It's pivoted and diverted, but it's just kept going. Yeah. And I brought the meditation, the workouts back in because I, I need them to function. Yes. And that's where the medicine is, right? Like, totally. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. yeah. I need yeah. discipline. Yeah, like I'm, I'm the same with the fitness and workouts. I like now I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, you gave yourself some time to, to, you know. Yeah, my dad said you gained a few pounds <laughs> looking at your Instagram, man. You worked on, on that? David Kirkland <laughs> is a ruthless, ruthless man. Um, he actually ate a tart and a, and a coffee today at lunchtime for his lunch. Guy. So what a hypocrite. He can't talk. What a hypocrite. The last, the last two years, I think all my focus has been in this, this whole concept of letting go and creating that. Yeah. Other things have kind of slipped by for me, like fitness and meditation stuff. But I think I've really realized it's just part of the process. There was too much pressure I was putting on myself to be doing everything at a high standard all the time. Well, I had this realization recently as well. I had this, um, I started to get really anxious a few, uh, maybe it was a month ago. And I realized that I was doing those things to not feel anxious. Mm. So there was, and I realized there were a few different versions of me. I'm going to try and name them even though I can't fully remember. But there was like a very motivated version of myself and there was an anxious version of myself that would observe that other self and go, I need to be doing these things. Or I'm going to feel stressed and anxious and down and out. But if you're doing those things because you enjoy doing them and because they feel good in the process of doing them, not because you're anxious if you don't, it's a different kind of balance and reward. It's a different thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I realized I was looking at it at myself like I was separate. I want to be this motivated, you know, hardworking person. But if I'm anxious to achieve that, it's just not going to work that well. Yeah. It, the... the the anxiousness is a huge one of like, I, I, I really know exactly what you're saying, but like the, the observing this other version that's like observing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so if I don't work out for a week now, it's going to be a lot easier for me to get anxious because I'll be out of balance. Yeah. 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 To sit with that would be like challenging for sure. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think I, I've, yeah, no, I agree with that. Mm. I agree with that. I, I think the last couple of years has been for me a thing of like, all right, I'm in just in artist creative flow mode right now yeah and these things can go to the wayside for now yeah um now that like this this you know a, a, the major part of this project is done mm. um i'm like cool now i can i can focus i have the energy to focus on these other things again yeah um, but it is all consuming when you're in that process for sure it is and i think it has to be yeah i think it has to be um you know i've tried creating again recently and it, it felt a bit forced so you know what i was like yeah cool why were you creating in those moments? Because you felt like you needed to or because? Uh, it was specifically someone asked for a beat and I haven't been making beats a lot the last couple of years. Mm. I've been obsessed, like I said, with like vocal production and mixing In-person work as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, I fucking love it. There's something about it that is so intuitive to me and I find myself in a state of meditation when I'm mixing. Like I can open up a project, set it up. And before I know it, it's been four hours and I have this mix in front of me that I'm like, I fucking love this. And I don't exactly know how I got to this point. Um, and sometimes it feels, it feels like I can't take credit for some of the mixes I get to be involved in. So I'm just like, I, you know, 
I'll be talking to someone and they're like, oh, I love this thing that you did in the in this part of the song. I'm like, cool. I don't remember yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, I kind of touched on that earlier. It. You can't you can't have full accountability for the ideas or the music. Yeah. It's not it's not us. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, so someone asked me to make a beat and I was like, oh, I haven't really been making beats. Um because what I used to do was just to practice. Uh, I think it's important to do this, by the way, just practice your art. Yeah, just to um, feel confident when you are doing it, really. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I hadn't just been making beats for the sake of making beats like I used to. Now it's at a point where it's like when I'm asked, I will like gather up the knowledge that I used to have for and, sure. and try and put them into practice. Mm. Um, so I found myself being like, oh, I'm just going to start making beats every day again. You know, full, full yay style of like, oh. you know, five beats a day for for a whole summer you know like uh you know i, I got like a couple of days into it and i was like i don't want to do this <laughs> <laughs> you know like I'm, th- there are some things where it's like you need to push through mm. and i know what that for me that's like the fitness stuff i'm mm. like i don't want to do this but i i know i need to do this sure. uh, whereas this was like yeah no, i don't, don't want to do this yeah and i was okay i was okay with that mm-hmm. it was that simple one of those things yeah it's one of those things i was mm. okay with that um so I just enforce it and I went back to mixing. Mm. That's where the joy is. Yeah. When you when you mixed that song where you were like, I can't really take credit for it and I was lost in that sort of flow state. How did you get to that point um, of workflow when you were working on that mix? Thank you. Um, like how do you think you reach that state of flow when you're just like, you're barely responsible for it. You're just in flow and it's just happening. Great songs. Great answer. Yeah. Yeah. The The... The material I'm given, I I find myself so immersed in it. Like I hear it. A lot of the time I hear it and there's this initial part where I'm like, can I really enhance this? Mm. Like this is pretty fucking good. Mm. Like, yes, there's some things I can, like some balanced stuff I can do, whatever. But I hear I hear these songs and I'm like, is there really anything I can do to enhance this? This is already pretty fucking You're good. You're already a fan. Right? I'm yep. already a fan. Um and so I just start with like, all right, let me just balance what they've given me. And that's, that's, that's usually the on-ramp, you know? Like, let me just balance what they've given me. Mm-hmm. Let's just start there. Let me just, let me just edit some, you know, turn down some of these breaths. A breath is too, <sighs> a little too loud. You love your breaths. Your breaths turn, are my songs. Yeah, exactly. Let me turn that down, you know? Let me turn that breath up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll hear many K breaths in many camera songs over the next couple of years. I will say I've been, oh, yeah. I've been breathing in everyone's songs. There's a, there's a big one coming actually. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's just, <laughs> it's, that's just how it starts. I, start, I just start with the simple shit, man. I start with the simple stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I start with the simple stuff. Mm. Right? And then before I know it, I've, I've gone to this point where, yeah, I just try not to overthink it now. Mm. That's the key. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Does it feel good? Great. Once it feels, if it takes, that's the other thing. I used to get in this habit of like with mixing, especially if it took me an hour to get to a point that I was really happy, I felt like I hadn't done enough work and I would keep tweaking. As it should take longer to get there? Yes. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because for me, mixing for a long time was Mixing a very, takes more time to be fair. I'm thinking more about yeah. my process. But yeah, yeah. For me, media. mixing mixing is a very technical thing. Mm. So I'm like, I should be taking a few hours to get this, I don't know if you have this at all, Nickel, with like your edits or whatever, but like because it can feel so technical, it feels like it should take longer. Mm. Um, and so I'd get to a point where I'm like, all right, this it's only been you know an hour or whatever, but I'm pretty fucking happy with this. Yeah, like I said, before I'd push too far and kind of ruin things a little bit and have to come back. Now I'm like, if it 
if it takes me eight hours, great. If it takes me 20 hours, great. If it takes me half an hour, fucking great. Better. <laughs> Better. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm. And, and yeah, just realizing... Uh, yeah, every 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 project, every song has their own process like that, and yeah, yeah, just roll with it. Yeah, something's take more time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. There's just a bit of more freedom to what I'm doing these days. It's nice. There's no set format. Yeah, there's no set format. There's no set format. And it's funny because that can sometimes be um a weird because I I still have goals. I think that's the hard thing. That's the bit I'm navigating now, right? How to not let that pressure like impact on the process or. Yeah, and also understanding that like the, the process is the process, right? Let it do its, let it do its thing, and it'll, it'll, it'll get, it'll get you to where you need to get you. If you keep it protected and nurtured. Yes, yeah. right. With with the right consistency and the right amount of effort. Mm. Um, but as long as I, I really believe, as long as the intention stays pure. Once again, that yeah. Pharrell and Rick Rubin blueprint. Watching how those two speak mm. and how they interact. Um, publicly, which I assume is how they interact privately, because you know when other people speak about them, it's usually the same. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's like, hey, I've just done what I thought was cool, yeah. And now, after many years and and much collaboration, um, he, you know, they're icons now. They're, yeah, but like, but how do you keep the process protected? You know, that's what I'm. That's what I've been navigating the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, it's a lot easier from. It's a lot easier to gauge from a, a technical point of view, like yeah. the mixing side. Like, I don't know, I can do it from a from an artist side as well. Like, I can listen to a song from ten years ago and objectively say, "The shit I'm making now is way fucking better." <laughs> like, I, like I yeah. can, you know, sure. We Likewise. came in and Nick's like, man, two years ago the podcast, before. yeah. Rough. We're always going to be the harshest of those opinions, for right? Sure. Yeah, we're all like, oh, we thought it was pretty good, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like. Yeah, objectively, you know that you've progressed, and I think for me, that's that's where the comfort is. Like, okay, have I progressed in this last amount of time? Whether it's the last three months, six year, whatever, mm. am I progressing? I think for me, when when I if I look back the last six months and I haven't improved in once one way, shape, or form, that's yeah. when I realize I'm getting complacent. Yeah. Um, I haven't challenged myself in one way, shape, or form. And that's the process I've tried to stay in is the process of improvement and becoming better and looking at the show, the songs, the, mm -hmm. the art, and being like, is this getting better? Am I improving? But when you're, yeah, like you said, when you have goals and you're trying to achieve them, that pressure can like can impact on that process and get you caught up and distracted yeah. and focused more on how it's measured externally than internally. Yeah. And that's what I meant about protecting the process so that you're not, so you are coming from that place of excitement and that childlike energy, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's something you have to like protect, I think. It's a fine line. I think you're right at protection. Like the, the the intense goal setting, you know, a few years ago, <laughs> I set a goal of like, yeah. I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to be involved in in terms of like mixing or production mm. 1,000 songs within the next like three years, which that, was like... Just quickly, that's a goal that's in your control though. Yes, it yeah. is. And that's exactly why, right? Yeah. Um, it's a process goal. But also when you do the math on that. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a thousand <laughs> shitty songs. Maybe 30 good ones could be yeah. like a better goal. Like when you do the math, that's a lot of songs per week. Yeah. Like I'm just. It's more than one a day, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That and balance it, thing we talked about earlier is probably. <laughs> yeah. But like I went in very conscious of that, you know, and I think it's hit that three years now. And I think I've hit maybe like. I don't think you have about it. 600? No, nowhere near that. Okay. I think I hit like two or three hundred. Okay. 
Uh, Quality songs. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. But but see, there's this thing of like, quit your job. (laughs) 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 It's a successful failure. Yeah. Like, if I hadn't have set that 1,000 goal, I reckon I would have done 100 songs. Yeah. That's, that's... What's the Jay-Z thing about setting your goals here is if you fall somewhere short, you're still higher than a low expectation. Yeah, yeah. The issue issue is I I haven't set those goals for myself again lately, which I I do feel like I should do. Yeah. Um, There's just nothing materially that I I really want that badly at the moment. Actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. There are some things I really want career-wise. But do you Um, want them directly from the art? Yes. And that's that's it. So you do have goals. I do. And that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. that fine balance of like this whole freedom, I don't care talk versus actually, yeah. Like I care, there's the things I care about are the intent and the music and the, the authenticity. The authenticity and the things and I the don't love. care and the love, yes. The things I don't care as much about or I'm trying not to care about is, um, I guess, the external. For example, like, it's nice to get an award, right? But I think if you're you're working only to get the award, that's not the same as, like, doing it because you were yeah. just loving it and you were good and then getting the award. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I, I want those things, but... Is something going to mean because, something if it comes from... Yeah, exactly. The because yeah. the work I've worked on is... I've just done it so... Out of, like, so much love. Yeah. 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 I've got to... Little question on that. Hit me. Um, the guys over at Waves. Um, hey, hip-hop, the fam. Mm-hmm. Shout out Waves, great platform. platform. Yeah, great platform. Great platform. Really cool work. Mm. They spoke to both of you. Um, they posted recently something about criticism and where what its place is in Australian music and how is it a part of the process um, and should it be more open in Australia with the scene growing like it is? Mm. And you spoke about sort of not giving a fuck, uh, you know, moving away from that, oh, it's got to be on Triple J. If they don't like it, who cares? That's all I need to do. Mm. Um, and people like Genesis Awusu and the the shift that we're seeing in music in Australia does, as as I said here, does, uh, do we need to be more open in music about criticism in Australia? Yeah. To benefit uh, music as a whole. Definitely. And it's something that we don't really do here. Yeah, um, blogs are always you know, like, they write really positive yeah, things, they don't and anything. Um, I'm struggling with that too with what we do here at Marshall Flats is we want it to be positive um, but sometimes things need to be called out or issues need to be raised. Mm. Where, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I agree with them. They're, yeah, like I, like I just said, I feel like blogs always write positive things about music or, or not at all. Um, I think artists are pretty objective in our own circles. We, we tend to like talk about art a lot very objectively and very blatantly at times. Um, I don't know that that needs to be so public, um, but it would be great to have tastemakers like, you know, you mentioned Genesis, like Fantano. 
who gives one star album mm. reviews who are super objective um, mm. with the music. I think more of that would be great. Just more honest representation of like taste. Um, there are only... Because no one's really doing that here. No. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like a, a taste maker in Australia that people go to for their taste. And I struggle to be totally honest. Mm. There are cool platforms and stuff, but you know, like Waves is a great example. They're, they're a community built platform. Started in Sydney, have come to Canberra, have really put on... Um, beautifully and organically for different scenes and different cultures in Australia. So that to me is like a great example of a tastemaker that's building an organic following based off having good taste and picking artists that they, they fuck with. Yeah. Um, and highlighting that they've been really good at highlighting what's, <coughs> what the mainstream is not highlighting, yes, which is agree. what is the deserved and yes. valued stuff that's out there yeah. that's getting overlooked because we just don't have enough platforms like Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I definitely agree with it. Yeah, I agree with it. I think from a a personal perspective, criticism in general, um, I do also subscribe to like, what have you done to, to like, offer that the, opinion? Yeah, yeah. There's like, I think there's taste of for sure. Mm. There's opinion and there's taste. Like. And, I, and to be honest, I wouldn't share public opinions for that reason because I wouldn't want to seem like a hater on someone who's more successful externally than I am. Like, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. you got to earn your, totally. your spot your platform. to criticize. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah to an extent. Yeah, yeah. yeah like... Calling out know. lack behavior is different. That, yes. That's mm, different. That's very you touched different. on that. Yeah, that should always be that's addressed. Very yeah. For example, like... Yeah, no, just yeah. artistic yeah. criticism yeah. Exactly. of an art form that mm. does happen in all other forms like movies and yeah exactly criticism i think exactly. also where it's expressed is really important social media is a dark weird place and i, I yes. would never criticize someone's art on social media or yeah in general um i wouldn't critique it there that's not the right forum for me i'd love to have a conversation with someone about their art but yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't try and out them on social media it's weird yeah I agree how, how about people criticizing your work though i don't give a fuck man yeah, I, I deeply value the opinions of certain people I have around me. Yes. As far as the general public, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but your opinion, dude, you, Nick, your opinion on all the work I like, people that who's who who I who I love and I'm close with and whose creative opinions I deeply respect. I I couldn't improve my process without those opinions. Yes. Um, the general public, I don't care at all. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. Yeah. Like. And you fans, know. sorry, and fans, people who've been following me for a while, I value when I observe their opinions. That, by the, by the way, that's how I discovered this direction of my music. It was from people on my Instagram saying Feel Alive feels like Blink-182 and Nostalgic Punk. That's the reason I went in this direction from the get-go. Interesting. So I really care about certain people's opinions, like I said, but in terms of general opinions, not at all. Interesting. Yeah. I'm very much of like, if, if I make a track and uh, Kofi, not because of like Genesis, but like as, you know, my brother that I I love his taste, his yeah. taste in music is immaculate. Um, if I make a song and he tells me it's whack, mm. depending on his reasons for why he tells me it's whack, yeah. I will listen to him. Yeah. If I make a song and my mom tells me it's whack, I love my mom, but she hasn't released any music. <laughs> <laughs> She's never spent the time in the studio to make a song. Sure, right? sure. Right? Like, there's context there, right? There's context. Yeah. So I will take it on as like, that is an opinion, great. Mm. But I I do subscribe more to, um, yeah, I, I, take, I take on from my peers, yeah. you know? If, if, 
Yeah, and, and, and other and creators in general. And being a fan of their work, right? That's an important factor. Exactly. Totally. Other other creators in general, you know, as a um as like a, a media and visual guy, Nick, if he if I ask his opinion on, on a song, it's because I trust his opinion as a creative, right? Um, and I will listen to that. Yeah. Once again, you know. But I don't think yeah, I don't think I would give an opinion a a criticism on a song yes. because I don't know precisely right and or that's that's feel what I feel like at. I should be involved in that mm. yep. in many ways yeah and I I that's what I was about to get to mm. exactly the same thing of like um yeah that's exactly what I was about to get to mm. and on, on that note as well <laughs> let me take this let me take this time to to say, if you are going asking someone, I think I might have brought this up some other time as well. If you're going asking I'm so excited for this. someone for criticism or what do they think, ask them before you release it. Releasing something and then, like, if you just want me to check out your track, yeah, just say, hey, I made this track, check it out. Yeah, this is a funny, we've talked about this a lot, because if, if anyone sends me a song for feedback, I offer feedback on the mix, yes. the direction in general. Yes. But it, it's fine if you just want your flowers. Exactly. <laughs> just, I, just ask. Yeah. I've gone to a point where I'm so blunt with it now. I'm like, yeah. hey, are you, you <laughs> are you looking for me to like hype you up? Yeah. Because I can hype you up. Yeah. Or what kind of feed, like a great question that usually stumps or gets people thinking is just, Hey, okay, I just released this track. I'd love to know what you think about it. Mm. And my reply is usually, what kind of feedback are you after? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's warranted, man, because when I was first coming up, I used to send people my music and be like, hey, like, how can I improve this? And be like, oh, it's dope. People that I really respected and they didn't mm. understand I was actually trying to improve the, the music. Yes. Yeah. Not, There's, yeah. yeah I, I, do what you will. But I, yeah, I'm really like, I, I find myself as someone who, who wants to actually help and grow the scene and, and grow yeah. our art and music here. Um, I find myself a bit useless giving advice on something that's already like been done, done dusted and out there. Like yeah. what's, are you going to pull it? If I say it's not cool, you're going to pull it back down and do it again. Probably not. Mm. I, I just don't find myself of value in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I'll say on that. Like, mm. yeah, if you're asking for someone's feedback on shit, make sure you actually ask for feedback. The camera or like <laughs> Just make sure you actually ask for feedback. Right? <laughs> Honest, honestly, though. Thank you. Yeah. Send all your shit before you finish it. To yeah. The, uh, yeah. And, you know, don't be getting hurt about it if someone says they don't like your shit when you've asked them what. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'd be, it'd be a bit savage to be like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. And uh, also always reach out to people. If you want an opinion, if there's someone that you like or you taste you trust, ask them because 99% of people want to help. Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. If Most we're creatives want, and if we're doing yep. it for the right reasons, we do we do want to help. Most people and just want to help. Totally, man. And I've experienced that so much early on as well. Yeah, just reaching out to people and being like, "Oh, they really wanted to take the time. That's dope." Yeah, and I've tried I've tried to have that energy as well. It's a it's yeah it's a game changer and being able to take on the criticism as well. Um, I know we're just talking about like you know for me being like I don't give a fuck people to an extent you know you listen as well you see it um, especially if it's public or whatever else like. Yeah, someone a few years ago um, pointed out when we did the, uh, what was it? The, I think it was the like a version. Um, there was a comment in the thing that's, that was like, oh, this, this song's too fucking like, I don't know, like too like family friendly or some shit. And my comment at the time was like, well, if you don't like this, go check out this other project I'm involved <laughs> in called Answer Brothers where we do a bit more gritty hip hop. Like, 
my thing was like, okay, if you don't like this, that's cool. But check this other thing out that I do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like now I'm just like, cool. You don't like it. That's fair. Mm. Like, I don't know. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, I'm not one to like publicly be like, this fucking sucks. I will now no. publicly say if I love something, oh, I'll yeah. go out of my way now yeah. more than I used to, to to say I love it. Yeah. Um, just because I know that means a lot to people. It yeah. means a lot to me when people go out of their way. Me too. Um, me too. Yeah. Hmm. Tell me about this stained. What do you want to know? What What is stained? Um. Well, stained stained is the new music. Success stains is is the whole chapter of music that I'm embarking on. It's the mixtape coming out next year, the full body of work. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and all, all the songs kind of come from my relationship with success. So to be to be stained means to acknowledge the pressure that exists. I feel like I have this pressure that that I'm faced with a lot of the time that can come from anywhere, from 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 family, from environment, from the industry, from myself. It's a pressure to be successful at what I do that often breeds a lot of anxiety and doubt in me. Um, and being stained means that I try and take that energy and yield it and use it to bring me closer to what I'm trying to achieve. I try and make it a strength. I try and make it empower me, keep me close to the love for what I do and not get in the way, not deter me from what I'm trying to achieve mm. and practice patience in that process. Word. So being stained means I, I acknowledge that as part of my identity, as part of the process. I wear it proudly. I don't let it get in the way of everything. And it's it's something I constantly have to work on. Um, yeah. yeah. And is this like just in terms of this project that's coming out? Or is this it's like a, a general thing. Cool. And it, it's, something, it's something I'm loving exploring the music, man, because it, it's bringing out so much energy of like confidence, uh, anxiety, doubt, attachment. There's so many things that I'm, I'm reflecting in the energies coming out in, in the new music um, that are to do with my relationship with success and understanding what success in self is, what it is that I'm trying to achieve. The, the success in self that, by the way, I already feel through the process. I feel mm. successful. I feel fulfilled through the people around me and what I'm doing. It's just waiting for, you said this earlier, waiting for the external measures to catch up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And on that as well, how's the, um, you've been doing like heaps of sessions with varying different people. How have you been finding, especially now compared to when you started doing sessions with other people? Yeah, how's that process been? Because I know it's not easy to like be fully free in a session. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of... Um, a with a stranger, of, I'll just... Yeah, yeah. Well, you, so well said. You meet someone, then and there on the day, you have a fine window, a finite window to get to know each other, form a relationship and create something that's reflective of that one day relationship. Yep. It's a wild thing. And, and, it, and it's a beautiful thing to try and connect with someone that quickly. And, you know, for example, I connected with Diesel recently. This awesome dude who was like a big rocker in the 80s in Australia, um, knows the Brockhampton boys, was going to have Credence Clearwater Revival's lead singer engineer his album in the 80s, had all these wild stories. And we just had a day where we just kicked it. We just chopped it up. I just asked him story after story and I was having the best time. And I was I was going into the session with like, you know, I played him a reference playlist of like George Michael in excess, uh, you know, uh, Doobie Brothers. You know what I mean? I was like, let's channel this 80s energy and make something super nostalgic. And he, he kind of spoke about that era of music as like, you know, something he'd explored and done well, but didn't necessarily want to particularly do at this point. Mm. So we ended up making like an acoustic guitar, trippy red style track. And I was amazed at how he knew Kenny Mason, Gene Dawson, all the artists that I'm fucking with at the moment. He was like, yeah, I like this song, but this one's better or this record was tighter. And he's picking apart my influences in front of me before I even get to talk about them. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, bet, well, let's do that. So yeah, it's, it's being malleable and, and being able to identify flow uh, mm-hmm. more easily. But the fun part, man, has been like, you know, coming out and saying that uh, I, I want to pursue this as my direction as an artist. I want to I infuse hip hop, punk and rock in a way that isn't being done yet. 
which means rapping over punk instrumentals start to finish, which means doing things that haven't been done before and not being like MGK where I'll do a punk album and a rap album. I'm talking about like really having a hybrid that creates verses and rhythms and raps that haven't been heard in hip hop before as well. So I'm really excited about all of it, but then going into rooms with people who are really authentically embedded in this culture in Australia, whether it's like the surf rock scene, the heavy scene, and for me to come in and try and feel authentic around people who are so, so embedded in that scene it's like i really need to bring something to the table so it feels like a lot of pressure but it's equally rewarding when we we both create something in that time and space that we're both super proud of yeah and like this dude the songs that i've got so the mixtape is done uh just needs to be mixed the 11 track project is there there are five singles now that i have that are going to follow the project that i've worked on with various people some great producers in australia but all of those songs i've worked on like your favorite echo Wildest track ever. I After the T-Pain thing, I connected with this producer in America who used to be on Internet Money. Talked to him and his manager and he left Internet Money for creative differences. And I was like, who is this guy? And we had a conversation like we just had about music on the phone on WhatsApp. He's in, he's in America. We talked for like two hours and we're both like, okay, bet we're into some weird shit at the moment. Let's play around with that. He sent me the Echo B, which I made that night. Bro, the song is a minute 47 long. There's a guitar solo 20 minutes in, 20 seconds in, sorry. Uh, it, the lyrics don't make sense and, and I love it so much. And it came from this like, you know, this, this creative collaborative vision aligning of like, let's do some weirder shit. And I guarantee nothing exists like that in music. <laughs> Takes a lot for me to say that. There is nothing like Echo in music or Can't Keep Calm or the other songs on the tape. I'm yeah. really wildly proud. The cello theme that I composed, bro, like there's nothing like this in music. And it, yeah, it's going to take time for that project to be ready to be out. But with the other side and the songs out, it's, it's starting to get there, which is dope. So mm. I will say sonically, um, I hear what you're saying. I think nothing like this in music. I think there there is in the sense of there is freedom. Like Echo feels free yeah yeah go is like the here were the walls that we had yeah yeah and we decided to like punch right through those fucking things yeah. like it it feels you know you know i, I talked about pharrell like nerd neptunes like that whole idea of like this is abrasive it doesn't make sense but also is like yeah. weirdly connects yeah 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 i don't know what it is about echo but i hear it, i'm just like why does this make so much sense? Yeah. For me also, that was like uh, an essence of like no peace as well. It's it's embracing the chaos. Chaos is the right word. Right. It's so weird. And that's me at three in the morning in a dark room, lights out, just like rapping in my mic and be like, oh, that's funny. And then the <laughs> next day being like, what? And then two weeks later being like, that's a hit record. Like, yeah, very you, weird you, process. You got, a, you got a taste for us? Definitely. I don't know how I'd show it to you. Um, just... Uh, uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a link. Send, him, send us a link. We can't talk about it at least long and uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Not hear it. Can we? Well, we can play like a minute of it. Um, it goes, like for, the whole it goes song. for a minute. <laughs> it goes for a minute. Classic. But no, and then the yeah, we'll just play a little bit of it. What I'll, what I'll try and do. Oh, I'll work this out in lifetime. But yeah, the what I was gonna say was the big measure of the songs though is 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 them live. Yes. Like Echo, Echo, I played for the first time in Sydney two weeks ago. That shit slapped. Yes. Mutu, my cousin, was like, "This is this is the song. This is the one." It was it was so wild, and we'd never tested it before. But just the energy that you know, the, the chaos word you used yeah. made sense. It felt it felt great. Yeah, that's funny because like I think that song will resonate with a lot of people, but not necessarily like the general public. Not I think at all. It, res <laughs> it resonates with me specifically now because i've been in this state of embracing the chaos mm. of like i get to i get to be around so much music that i find myself becoming a little bit numb to like a lot of music in that if that makes sense but i wonder if that's everyone man like 
this like streaming world we're in, like mm. everyone's bombarded with the, the same shit all the yep. time. Like maybe yep. that's what people will <laughs> resonate with as well. Time will tell. A hundred percent, bro. I think that's that's it. It's like what excite as a listener, as yep. well, like as a listener and as a creator. It's what excites me. Totally. And, and Rick said this in the, in the Joe Rogan podcast about Chuck when they... Uh, no, yeah, for sure. On. <laughs> so this is a preview I've been sending to um, some people over Instagram for the tour. So we're playing this live on the tour. <laughs> Victor Rufus on the guitar solo. Can't, Bro. Give, can't give too much away. Yeah. Much. That's yeah. hot. Pay my taxes. <laughs> That's a flex. Yeah. No, and dude, that just comes from everything we're talking about. Unencumbered creativity. Is this dope to me? I think so. It's just wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think that's what... And that will divide people as well. Those kind of songs, are gonna, you, it's going to hit you and you're going to have a reaction to it. You might love it or hate it. Yeah. But that, if there's an emotional reaction, I'm excited. That's what we want. That's your Andre three thousands, man. Yeah. That's like that's your Kendrick Lamar's. It's like maybe Kendrick's might be the wrong wrong example. That's like your yeah your Neptunes. You people hear it and you either get it or you don't get it. Yeah, you either get it or you don't get it. Mm. And if you don't get it, it's because you haven't experienced the right thing yet to get it. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but it's exciting to think about what what I need to pull off for that to work you know what i mean i'm still going to put it out regardless i don't care but yeah. the level that i want that to get to is, is pretty high and i think a body of work is needed hence why i worked on that um and the show needs to be exceptional and it's close mm. and the show goes on sale soon a little little tour around the yeah let's drop you that as well spot. man let's drop that in the in the instagram okay damn bro we always drops on drops, baby um yeah, here i am giving you nothing yeah so this it will be announced publicly tomorrow but yeah uh five-day national tour with the overachievers band the boys uh were playing nationally for the first time since covid super excited touring other side we're touring a bunch of the other mixtape tracks that are unreleased and uh it all kicks off in two weeks <laughs> damn that's soon. time is weird dude <laughs> how many shows are you doing uh five potentially seven but definitely five yep. um yeah so we're doing we're doing in order we're doing sydney canberra wollongong melbourne and newcastle nice yeah Nice. You played Newcastle before? Never. Newcastle's so sweet. Cambridge Hotel's welcomed us with open arms, which is great. Cambridge is great. Very Love excited. There. Yep, they yeah. seem dope. Um, 122 in Canberra. We're playing nice. in, in three weeks. Nice. Okay. Yeah, will be interesting. All right. Um, yeah, and a few other great dates, which I'm excited about. Incredible. Yeah. And um, and yeah, you just heard Victor on the on the Echo preview uh, of that song. Uh, he played the additional guitars on the other side. The boys, Josh as well on on drums. The boys have had so much more creative input in the past couple of years too. Um, we we formed as a full band in in the year of the pandemic in 2020, and since then we've done shows here and there, but we haven't done a tour. And we've been waiting until it's ready, until we've we've got the songs to a point where they're different and exciting and unique live, and they're not just the same experience as the listening experience. Mm. Um, and I think I think what we're gonna do is gonna be super dope. Um, and we're pretty keen to cement ourselves as like one of the best live acts in the country. Nice. That's the goal. That's a great goal to have. Yeah. yeah. And with the musicianship of Josh and Vic, I'm confident we can do that. Yeah. I just need to deliver on my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, when you say that, get out there and get those uh, those ticks and can't wait to see your uh, secret project <laughs> with, the, uh, with the whole team. Mm. But thank you again for popping in. Thank you, bro. And... Uh, yeah, I definitely think we should make this a 
an annual event. Completely agree. The, the uh, one episode one anniversary. Yes. Yeah. Um, so light some candles. Get awesome greedy. to chat. <laughs> yeah. Awesome to chat as always. But uh, yeah. Gracias. Thanks Nick, for having us. Thank, thank you, man. You. Thank you for yeah, the dope yeah. platform for Cambridge, dude. Thank yeah. you for everyone who comes on here, gets to share what they're doing. Um, you've created something fucking dope, man, and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Till next time. Much love, bro. Big love.